Welcome back to episode two of the Nodcast for 2022. I'm Steve Mann and very excited heading into the Easter break. Two weeks in, the body's feeling a little sore, so perfect time for a little rest. I'm joined as always by Rob Mann. Rob, how are you, Rob? You're looking good sitting in a car there. You're away on holiday, school holidays. This is a uh, this is an audio medium, Steve, so we don't really need to get into where I am. But uh, yeah, just in sunny bright at the moment. Just enjoying the holidays but yeah looking forward to talking all things nodders after a big weekend very good and also joining us the other co-host for the year jake Sharman, who the ratings went berserk last week jake so we got you back again welcome yeah glad to hear the ratings were through the roof stats don't lie so uh yeah glad to be back steve and rob interesting uh, not to get too deep into the analytics here but the Unique listeners actually dropped off quite a bit, but the total number of listens went up. So not sure how many times you've listened to it yourself, but um, either way, we, we, the sponsors judge us on total listens. So good job. Keep it up, whatever it is you do, and it's working. Thank you. Um, and then, of course, we've got, as always, well, as usual, a special guest. We've actually got a tag team this week, which is pretty exciting. Jake, um, I think you guys know these two pretty well, but... I might just give them a loose introduction. It's a father-son combo. We obviously last year had uh, Riley Sr. and Riley Jr. in Ben and um, a bit of banter between the two of them across different episodes. So we thought, why not take that up a notch and get these guys on together? So the first part of the the two-team duo, Nathan Little, club legend, basically runs the entire club from the shadows these days, assistant coach at the 19s, runs the sponsorship committee, sitting in a very, very fancy-looking office, so you just know things are working well for him. Nath, welcome. Yeah, great. Great to be on board. Great to be invited and excited to uh, give a bit of a behind-the-curtain look at the club and what's been going on, or what happened in the past and what will happen going forward. Absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's always good to get people on who actually know what's going on because we certainly don't. Um, and then also joining us is, is your son and a man who's been very popular topic of discussion on the Nodcast over the last year or so. James Little, James, under-19 player, very unlucky to miss being selected in the AFL at the mid-season draft last year. Welcome to the Nodcast. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Jake, you, you've been you've been a big advocate for we had to get James on in particular. Do you want to do you want to kick us off with how do you know these guys? I think you, well, I'll let you talk to it. How do you know these guys? And, and also just, just let's Start right down the middle. Hit us with the biggest dirt straight up. Oh, don't have, don't have much dirt, but um, yeah, Nath always used to say that he would have made the AFL back in the day if he didn't do his ACL at under 18s. I think so. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully James can um, you know step in there and maybe make the AFL one day. But yeah, Nathan James, Nate's my uncle, and um, James is my little cousin, and um, got some fond memories of being down at Central Reserve on the old ground as a little whippersnapper, watching Nath in the, in the clubbies back when I was, yeah, back a few years ago now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have the family uh, continue on through James. And you've also got is Nick Peck is also part of this, this family connection as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. So, um, you know, 
through my illustrious playing career, 257 games spanning over 20 years. Um, you know, I had all of these, had all my nieces and nephew would come down and watch um, Big NATO take, take them on in the clubbies. <laughs> and um, so I had, uh, yeah, uh, Nikki Peck, um, obviously Jaker and Callum and Bridie would come down. And, uh, and obviously my, my daughter Maddie, who's playing in the girls now coming back. So um, it was a big family affair to get down and watch the big show in the clubbies. So, which is, which is um, really, uh, so listening to where the clubbies are now with you, Steve, um, really getting back to those halcyon days, um, you know, that we had where it was really family and family orientated uh, with a really great bunch of guys. So, so it's been like definitely that, in the model we're working towards with most of the, half the team has kids and, and everyone, um, we always talk, you know, about those clubbies teams of yesteryear, the big, I think it was 2013 premiership team, the 2011. And I think there was a 2003. Does that sound about right? Yeah. One um, as well. Did you play in that? Um, 2003, I might've played in that one. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, that, you know, the, the clubbies was, um, you know, a great addition to the, the club and all of those years ago. And, um, and as, as you said last week, you know, it really was designed for those guys that can't necessarily get to training and or are professionals. So to get there a bit later, um, 20 minutes, no time on, love that. So if you're winning, you kick all over the fence, don't go get it because there's never anyone down to watch us. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's, it's a great part of the club. And real clubmen, you know, you know, stick around and, and hang around through um, that area and, and provide ongoing great support. So, Nath, what are some of the names of guys that you played with in those those clubbies eras? That's that's Barge was coach. Is that yeah? Scott as a party, were we talking that era? Yeah, Troy Bridgeland, uh, Scott as a party. Uh, you know, we had some of the greats roll through there: Simon Fisher, uh, Chris Belville. Um, Andrew Pickering uh, played there, um, Anthony Smythe, um, you know, Mark Nasborn, Tino Gacero, um, Justin Grimerson. It really was a, um, you know, who's who that sort of ran through the senior squad and ended up down there. And, um, you know, I think that's culturally where we want the, the club to go is that, you know, you don't finish playing senior footy, work your way backwards. And that was kind of my football career. Started in the midfield, played plenty of years in the midfield and just slowly worked my way back to the back pocket and took kick-ins. And then from there, it was onto the bench and, uh, you know, impact player. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Steve, so you, when you were starting out, did you you played with Nate in that when you were beginning back in the yeah, early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we played a few years together. We overlapped. I, I couldn't tell you exactly. When did you finish, Nath? I reckon it was 2008. Yeah. So, so yeah, that would have been my first couple of years. I played a little bit of yeah. little bit of clubbies, but mostly seconds. But you, you would have played a fair bit of twos in that time. Yeah, I, I did. Ultimate resume. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, yeah, played, um, you know, played a handful of senior games, you know, which I did reflect on the other day where I actually played in Peter Riley's 300th. Which was a bit of a thrill. Oh wow! But um, yeah, played plenty that's, of that's crazy a, games. That's, yeah, that's a bit of a uh, a match that's gone down in infamy. Riles talks about how he was promoted from the thirds to the first for that three hundredth game. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. It was a. It was a. Um, hey, he he held up well and played really well. Um, but I do recall I was named in the best that week, so I was very happy. So I'll just slot that one in there for uh, the listeners. <laughs> did did Riles do enough to hold his spot for the next week? I think it was, was last he down to the thirds again. We're just done. Oh, I think it was last game of the year. Wasn't it? Last game of the year. Hail right. Mary. So he saved it all for the last game. It was very exciting. Very good. That's awesome. So what about you, James? So you 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 in the, the midfield mould like your your old man, um, tough over the ball, fleet oh. by foot. I don't know about that. I'm not sure if that's how my old man was. But, yeah, I think I get a bit of a run in the midfield for 19. So play a bit anyway, really, where Marty chucks me. I don't really mind. So, James, um, you want to talk us through a little bit about your, your junior career leading into sort of Masnod? I remember uh would have been maybe five, six years ago now, watching you down at the Chargers. Uh, pretty unlucky, no. I reckon, to probably not get picked there because you had a pretty good game. Um, but, yeah, tell us about how, how you came to the nod. Uh, sure. Uh, Chargers was a short-lived tryout, so I'm not going to put too much mayo on that. I'm not going to... Talk that much up. Yeah, I was from Oakley Dragons. Uh, Dad coached me there for a couple of years. Uh, So is Damon Sherlock. And then um, really it's my third year at Mazenod, but, you know, properly my second year, weirdly enough. But, yeah. And then last year, of course, we had the super strong 19s program, which we had, you know, the the Div 1 team uh, looking really good going into finals. And then the, the other team, the Blacks, also heading into a final series. How in the washout from that, do you feel kind of what do you take going into this year? Yeah, it was really disappointing. I think both 19 sides were really firing at the end of the year. Um, you know, our side were, apart from the last game of the year against St. Bede's, we were undefeated and we're all backing ourselves in to go all the way. So I guess to take from that year, we've lost a lot of boys, but, you know, a lot of boys from the, um, from the blues side have come up or so it's a, more of a mix this year, but, Guess take the confidence and you know take what we can. And it dem- definitely shows how strong that team was. With and I'm sure we'll get into it later, Steve. But you know we had uh, four guys come up from that team, or maybe five guys have made their debut already in the seniors that played in the Blues last year, and all had a massive impact. So obviously a pretty talented side, but still some stars remain in the under-19s program, and we've got one of them here today. So that's. That's pretty good. Speaking of that, Red, before we sort of jump into some of the reviews from the weekend, your your draft history from, from mid-year last year, do you want to talk us through the process? And, and obviously, I think everyone, probably most of the AFL clubs included, would feel you're pretty stiff to miss out. Um, so take us through how all that unfolded and then also, you know, plans for this year. I'm... I'm Wondering if you're going to throw your hat in the ring again. Yeah, sure. It's still a bit of a sore subject, you know, still <laughs> very disappointed. But, yeah, sure. Um, that process started in the – I think it started in the back of Rob Mann's um, Year 11 history class. <laughs> um, that's not a joke. Um, I was stuck around my computer and I saw that you could, you know, sign up for the draft. So I signed myself up, put myself as 200-centimetre – forward and sadly for the national draft I didn't get picked up 
But then <laughs> back at Red Ferns, year tw- no, it wasn't Red Ferns. In the back of my year 12 um, McAllister Bizman class, I got an email from a female named Susan, AFL, uh, inviting me to um, fully go for the mid-season draft after my failed national draft. So <laughs> I backed myself in. I, you know, I thought I'd been playing pretty well coming off the bench for under-19s, did well. <laughs> so I had to pick which contract. Had to put, I think I had to put in some medical stuff. And, you know, I put my head in the ring and, well, still disappointingly didn't make it, but. We'll try again this year. <laughs> did, you, did you get any interest? Anyone give you, like any clubs call you just to sort of, oh, 200 centimetres, we're a bit short on forwards or? Uh, no, I think uh, I must have stuffed up my phone number somewhere along the line. But yeah, weirdly <laughs> enough, I didn't get it. And, and obviously they couldn't find a lot of tape on this uh, mythical <laughs> forward that's been coming <laughs> off the bench. Yeah, there was a lack of that was probably it. Lack of footage, you know. There's no cameras down at Central or down at Johnson Oval for school footy, so it's pretty stupid. Yeah, and, and also maybe the fact doing. that the season got cancelled in two thousand uh, twenty twenty probably didn't help either in your your bottom age year. So you know, all those things put together. Yeah, and but I, you, you could almost make the argument that you're, you know, you're a bit of a um, pioneer, sort of navigating the draft system and. You were probably able to give a bit of advice to your your good mate Miller when he had to go through the process as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I take full responsibility of him getting drafted. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, now Berg's. Uh, I think Berg's helped me do a bit of my draft as well. I think we did a bit together. But yeah, yeah. I, well, I that's, that Berg. must be must be nice. You know, guys in your draft class going on and and doing things at the AFL level. So it's good that you you're part of that journey with them at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Super so the, exciting. And all the boys get around watching Bergs, especially when he pops up on the socials for North. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so for the listeners, this is Miller Bergman, who was drafted at North last year, number 27. I'm sure we'll all be following his career closely. I'm curious, James, what was draft night like for you? Like, were you sitting there glued to the TV or did you not, just, like, not even care? You just weren't even bothering and just, you know, it was done. Oh. I don't know. I think the way I, I talk about it, I think, I was a little bit, I was more nervous than Miller. I think Miller was a bit more <laughs> than I was. We all went over to our, I think a group of 10, 12 of us went to Daniel Stilato's house, a mate from school. And you know, he lives around the corner from Berg's. So we were all at his house and we were all, we were all nervously waiting. We weren't sure. Berg's gave us nothing. You know, he was telling us that he didn't think we were going to get drafted and he was a second round pick by the end. So he yeah. made us, you know, made us sweat it out. But yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. It was mental, you know. We all went crazy, hopped in the car, drove with the North Melbourne song blaring out of it, telling everyone <laughs> that where he just got picked and, yeah, rolled up to his house and, yeah, it's a pretty crazy night. That's awesome. Did they have, like, a TV crew or anything there? Because you know how some of them, they've got yeah. TV crews ready to go and watch? No? No, not for Bergs, unluckily, but he had the uh, he had the Mazamut old boys that rolled in, so just as good. Uh, he also, good. it was also uh, a big reaction video that was posted online after that, wasn't it? Oh, from his family, yeah. Yeah. I think Miller, the way Miller explained it was um, he was barely in contact with North, and that's his boyhood club. So, and his dad was drafted there in 96. So, you know. Awesome. An unbelievable experience for him and his family. 
That's great. Absolutely. Um, so just before we'll, we'll move into the games from the weekend in a second, but before we do, um, Nate, we, we touched on it at the top, but you obviously involved as the assistant coach uh, in the 19s, which we'll get to the 19s a little bit later, but we also got a couple of off-field roles at Mazenod. Some of them pretty above board. Some of them seem, no matter how hard we try, we can't get any information on what you actually do, which which worries me. Um, do you want to maybe give us a bit of an overview of how the sponsorship's going and, and any of the other behind-the-scenes stuff you can actually share with us? Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, from a club's perspective, um, you know, we've all, always prided ourselves on, you know, trying to be, you know, fiscally responsible with, with how we manage. You know, we know it's an expensive um, sport to play from a club perspective. So, you know, getting your subs in, all of those things are really important. But behind that, um, you know, there's a group of guys um, that, that are actively out there in the community, um, knocking on doors and, and tapping people on the shoulder. So, um, you know, Wayne Grady has been absolutely instrumental in that. And so it's a name you're probably not familiar with. Um, I knew him in my playing day as Binger, um, but he's just been an absolute beast sort of in that area. So, um, you know, we've done very, very well. We've just had the website updated uh, to all the new sponsors. Um, and, and it's significant in the sense that, you know, moving forward, you know, we've got, you know, great support for the club and, and the guys that sort of stand up and put their hand in their pocket. Um, really do support. So coupled with that, we have Johnny Boyle, his son Josh is playing in the 19s, running the Mazenodian. And again, that's just another way uh, for past players, you know, to, to support the club uh, with a, another couple hundred dollars. So the behind the scenes stuff really never stops, um, you know, for the players that, that turn up in, you know, say late November and then again for pre-season, um, you know, the guys are really working hard all, all, all year round. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a, an interesting bunch of guys and they're all, you know, in principle, all past players, all really passionate. And I think that's what I've sort of, you know, seen, you know, with all of my time at the club is that, you know, people are really passionate about the club and want to be supportive and want to see success. Um, if there's no success, they want to see culture uh, and continue to build and be a great place for, for people to come, which, you know, we're really, really proud of where the club stands today with all teams, you know, two girls teams, you know, last year, two 19s, you know, three, three clubbies uh, this year, this year, it's, it's fantastic. So um, that that's one of, that's one of the, um, one of the committees I work on. The other one is past players, which is great. You know, we, we try and catch up uh, a couple of times a year and really just trying to bring players back to the club and, and, and remember when. And, um, you know, anyone that's been to those, um, you know, love them. So and I think that's that's something, again, you know, you, you play for 20 years and, you know, I, I can sort of say I played with over 1,000 or 1,500 guys, you know, running through Mazenod through that period. So, you know, you can roll back to the club at any time in your life and there'll be always someone there that you know. So past players is bringing guys back and supporting um, the players from the past. So that's a lot of fun. So it must be nice as a former, you know, legend of the club who's played a lot of footy to see your son and your daughter play now and also obviously see your nephew to be such a powerful figure um, in coaching as well. So it must be pretty pleasing. Oh, I love it. You know, like I, you know, I absolutely love it, and it's a, uh, it's a real privilege to sort of come back, and you know, for me, it's all about you know being involved 
and being on the right side of the fence. You know, when these guys are playing, you know, I'm down there supporting, um, you know, either on field or off field. But uh, yeah, I love love seeing the girls play. You know, Bridie and Maddie, and it was um, Emily. You know, uh, so uh, which was Nick's Nick's um, sister, so my niece. Yeah. Um, that through that grand final year, and then obviously with Jaker, you know, in his uh, you know short lived career. But um, but with young Jimmy, I'm, I you know couldn't be happier with the great bunch of guys that we've got down there that uh, hopefully you know continue the tradition on. Awesome. And it's a awesome. big year on the past players front because if my maths is correct, we've got three years worth of premiership reunions to do yep. in one go. Is that how it's going to work? So you're going to have the the zeros, the ones, and the twos probably all this year, as in you know 2000, 2010, etc. Are we just going to have an enormous bash? Because by my count, there's a lot of flags that were won across those. Yeah. What is it, nine or twelve years or something over the club's history? Absolutely. And, I, I, you know, we work really hard and we reach out to a lot of players in order to get them down and Facebook trawling, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I think, you know, for the last couple of years, we just want people to get around. So, you know, we, we're looking to get, you know, as many people down as possible. Um, you know, I think my my clubby's premiership year, um, we had Richard Bourbon, you know, fly in, you know. He, he, he lives in, I think, Abu Dhabi, so the Sheik. So, so the sheep wow. flew in, which was amazing. So, you know, guys like that, you just love to get them around and, um, you know, get back and, you know, have, catch up over a beer and remember how good we were. All right. Well, look, let's jump in and quickly run through some reviews from games from the weekend. Uh, we might start with the under-19s, given we've touched on them a little bit. So I think it was it was a little bit of a disappointing end to the game in the end, but uh, – Spirited performance from Azanod, 11-12-78, getting done by Bo Morris, 14-11-95. James or Nate, do you want to give us a little summary of this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it was a disappointing game. I thought three quarters of it, we played a really a really solid and good game, a game to be proud of. And I think the fourth quarter, I just we let ourselves down, you know, not to be super overly negative. It's only round two. There's plenty of, there's plenty to, um, you know, Build upon, but fourth we're up going to the fourth up by three or four. Got too confident, really. We'd put the foot on the brake, and Bowie is a good side, and will be a good side this year. Ran over the top of us, and yeah. So yeah, so uh, what yeah. was it? Twenty-one points at three-quarter time. We led by, and they just six goals in the last quarter, seven goals in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty disappointing from the coach's perspective. We we really felt we you know we could park the bus there a bit. Um, you know, we, we, we threw a lot of rotations through. It was a hot day. Uh, and it, it, in the end, Bowie was able to sort of flick it out the back and um, we just couldn't, we just didn't have the legs in the end. So that was a little bit, that was a little bit disappointing. But, you know, as we sort of said in the opening, you know, there's, it's a mixture of two teams. It's been really exciting, you know, from the coaching panel uh, to see the two teams come together. So, you know, from last week to this week, we're building, and, you know, that's, that's all we ask. And, you know, uh, you know, it's good to see some of the black guys, the black guys from last year, um, you know, really stepping up um, and taking on Div 1. That's, that's, that's exciting, not only for us as a 19 squad, but for the club in general. Yeah, and it's, it's always tough too, I suppose. At Central on Saturday, it was quite windy. So, you know, six goals at three-quarter time, you, 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 you know, you're obviously in a um, pretty good position, but... Those leads aren't always safe, and the I suppose it's it's a broader trend in footy at the moment that you know that discussion around momentum and 
once a team sort of gets a roll on, it can be pretty hard to stop. It was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, last year, I think we played at Central once, Jimmy. Yeah. And, and you know, like uh, Harry Boxall, who's one of our young up-and-coming and, and, and part of the leadership group, um, I think that was a, was that the first or second time he's ever played on it. So it's good to be back at Central. But it's, so, look, I mean, you know, from, from that perspective, you know, uh, being back at Central was great. I, I just think at the end it was just we ran out of legs. Um, but that's sort of something we can work on and uh, keep pushing the boys forward. Who were your uh, best players for the game, Nathan, James, and, and who, who slotted a few goals for you? Don't be modest, um, James. Yeah. Uh, young Jimmy uh, uh, featured votes um, last week, which was great. Um, but it was interesting. Um, Lucky Stu, uh, just a beast. You know, I reckon, you know, to be honest, um, you know, I, I think he could sort of he kicked four. You know, I reckon he's uh, ready to go, sort of take the next step up. Uh, played a really solid three quarters, um, uh, you know, sort of following on from your discussions last week, you know, just size, shape, um, you know, and decision making, um, you know, with ball in hand is, is really good. So Lockie, Lockie Stew was really amazing. Um, you know, then then it was sort of, you know, our on ballers played really well. There was a couple of, you know, pretty amazing goals. I think one of the guys kicked the ball with like a soccer Ronaldo over the head scissor kick uh, to go through for Ooh. a goal. So that got everyone up and about. Um, wasn't Pascuzzi, was it? I saw he got amongst the goals. Was it Pascuzzi? No. Oh, that was Nick Montano, that one. Nick oh. Montano, yeah. Uh, but Pascuzzi's, yeah, you know, like for him coming into the squad, uh, you know, joining the squad together, uh, it's great to watch him play. You know, he's an enigma. You know, he's just so, you know, he's just so good at it. Uh, Nathan, have you uh, dropped to drop the name of, I think Steve said last week, Hannah Montano, um, to Montano or not? Because he was, don't know if he will he like that one or not. No, nah. <laughs> he's a pretty serious customer from my observations of him. I don't know, don't know if he he'd, he'd work with that, James. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Monty take you know takes his footy and takes life pretty serious. I don't know if you'll find that one funny. <laughs> Who's some of the other guys we should know about, James? You know. I've taught a couple of them. Like you've got your Julian Smiths and your James Russells. Who others? What other some names that we should hear a little bit about? Yeah, uh, obviously those boys, James Rusty. You know he's a. I, I'd put him down as one of my up and coming players for this year. Uh, another couple of boys would be from Masnod from my year. Would be Josh Boyle, son of John, Cooper Fisher, son of Simon. So you know a couple of boys, just old man's played for the club like myself. Um, Good second generation father son talent. Yeah, yeah. Nick Pleski with his two brothers. Yeah, two brothers also playing footy for the club. So yeah, got a couple of boys from my year that have come up and joined the 19s. Oh, Giants is is Nick a forward? Is Nick playing the forward line? No, nah, he plays back line. He's a lock. Not like his. Not like his two brothers. He's a uh, plays back line just... and takes the kick ins. Oh. Having images of just a, a full Pileshi forward line at some point in the future, <laughs> just the three of them just lining up. Probably a good thing. You've got to be the point of difference in your family. Um, and so just finally on the on the 19s, boys, looking forward, obviously 0-2 now, but looking ahead to the rest of the season, what's the sense? How confident are you that we're continuing to build? And Look, I mean, from the coaches... 
from the coach's perspective, I know we take on Xavier in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, from the coach's perspective, you know, it really was that trying to settle the squad and, you know, with, with guys moving to the seniors and moving through the reserves, um, you know, we're really just trying to find our feet. And I think the last two, two rounds has certainly given us a lot to think about um, in relation to how we pl play play players and, and, and positions and so forth. Um, you know, so we remain confident that we'll be super competitive um, and the W is not far away. Very good. Right. Well, we're going to just for the purpose of clarity over the next couple of weeks, we're going to sort of do a little bit of a deep dive into each of our teams and preview uh, the season ahead. So we're going to do the 19s and the women's tonight, which is why we spent a little bit longer on the 19s just then. Uh, I might just skim quickly across the senior men's, uh, senior reserves and senior clubbies results. Um, fair to say across all four of the teams, we were relatively decimated numbers-wise on the weekend with a huge amount of unavailabilities. I think it hit 35, maybe even more by the time we got Saturday morning with a little bit of COVID, a little bit of injury, a little bit of round one knocks the body around and a lot of people who were just generally sick, unwell or unavailable. So it was a big knock-on effect right through the four teams. And one of the upsides of that is, of course, it gives a lot of guys opportunities. And Rob, I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about what that meant in the seniors. Um, starting with the ones, fantastic win, getting the job done against old Geelong. Mazenod 13-10-88 to Geelong 10-11-71. Bit of a tight struggle all day, but Mazenod too strong in the end. Jackie Caspers in his first game for the seniors at the club, kick four. Um, Sammy Michael amongst the best again. Uh, I think, Rob, you mentioned it was the four or five debutants. Really good win. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was one of those games going there when, you know, you were having five guys debut and we had an, another one last week as we talked about Fletcher so you know six guys in their first or second game um, you don't know what you're going to get but so pleased from the first bounce you could tell that everyone was really switched on and we're playing old Geelong so they beat us both times last year they, they finished second after when the year was called so it, we're up against it but from the very first bounce you know, we had we had 22 contributors and it was a really, really good win. So, you know, debutantes from Sam Withers, who joined us from Waverley Blue. So he's a little bit more of a mature age. He's 22, I think. And then you had some guys coming up from the 19. So as you said, Jack Caspers was really good. Kick four, looked very comfortable at the level and took big marks, kicked big goals. We also had Shawnee Wellsford. So he obviously had a really big season last year and he, um, you know, he, he's a strong, powerful player and he played really well. And then you've also had, um, we had big Sauce make his debut. So he was, uh, he played a bit of Brendan a utility. Wales, just sneaking in. Yep. So he played a little bit forward, a little bit back. He, he, he joined the club of first kick, first point club. So um, snapped one over his shoulder with his first kick and went through the behind. So that was a nice little start for him. Could have been a little nicer, but that was great. Which and end then, of the ground? Wasn't he playing full back? Didn't rush uh, the point with forward. his first kick, did he? Oh, really? Yeah, he started as a forward. So he played oh, as a bit of a utility role. We were, um, yeah, he, 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 could, he can play either end. So he just he's really desperate, works hard, pressures the opposition really well. Um, he's a good athlete, so he was good. And we also had... Andrew Kovacs. 
from Andrew Kovac. He played halfback. I played next to him the whole day and he was super. He's really calm under pressure. He's one of those guys that on the training track during preseason, you may not be aware of how good he is because he's not, you know, he's sort of unassuming, pretty quiet customer. But when he steps on the footy field, great kick. His first kick was inside 45, kick through the middle that set up a goal. Um, when most, you know, guys, when they're playing their first senior game, probably a little hesitant to take those sort of kicks, but he was he was very comfortable. So um, he, looked, he looked really, really good. Um, great to see the seniors get on the board. Um, obviously pumped up by my criticism of you last week. Uh, on the Nodcast, Rob. So great to see. Um, the yeah, Rezies also definitely, continued. I was, was going to say that definitely wasn't, wasn't talked about at any point during the week. And um, we were, guys are pretty focused on the job. Good good to hear, um, even if I don't <laughs> believe it. The Rezies also just continued their winning ways, 16-11-107, comfortably dispatching Old Geelong, 7-7-49. Brad Kovac playing twos, kick three. Um the rest of the Wellsfords all seem to have a run around there and, and a few of them are pretty solid again from what I hear. Ben Riley amongst the best. Um, Christian Peretti slotting back into the twos, I think. So he's been back looking, after looking this healthy. season, which has been good. Yep. So another yeah, good win yes. for them. They're rolling along nicely. Yeah. On Christian, I understand that his, his back issues have been stemming from lack of glute muscles so he's been doing a special program over the last six weeks to increase the the glutes and paying dividends at the moment so peter rosanides was talking me through it on the weekend explaining that he's got this very very specific glute program he's working through so yeah it looks like a promising season ahead for christian good um the clubbies so uh this was probably where the real bite of numbers hit the blues we managed to hold on. We started with 19 and um, had a couple of injuries. So we, we sort of led early, but managed to hold off a raging West Brunswick by a point. So 9 13 67 against West Brunswick, 10 6 66. Um, Joel Caffrey played one of his best games of his career. Um, Taz Renopoulos was really good again as well. Um, Clavins up forward to found a new lease on life as a centre-half forward, Nick Clavins, kick four. Looked really good till about halfway through the second quarter when he got injured and hobbled out the rest of the game, but um, was still still really dominant. Um, and then, unfortunately, the the Whites came up against Parkside and the Whites only started with 17, which is obviously never a good sign. So they got beaten pretty comprehensively, um, 171 to 14, Um Few of the few of the new young guys still played really good footy, but obviously it's very difficult when you don't have a full side on the field. Um, given the number of unavailabilities, I would think that's probably going to be a once-off where we sort of have to go light on both the clubbies teams for the year. We had a team and a half's worth of players not available this week, but obviously a bit disappointing for them given they went into the game undefeated. But I'm sure we'll have a much stronger team across both next week. Which uh, can you can you use the term the can you use the term undefeated in round two? Is that is that a bit early? You can. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Didn't lose in the preseason either. Um, we, we went into last year undefeated in two years, given 2020 got called off. So <laughs> no, I'll use the term liberally. Fair enough. Um, so then the women's team. So um, we talked a bit last week about the great start they had to the year with one team winning and the other team uh, getting a forfeit. Well, the women's teams are both still undefeated after two weeks. 
The seniors, 6-5-41 against Richmond Central, 0-4-4. And we'll come back and talk about that a bit more in a second. But what I did want to mention is um, three games. So basically only one game this year has a women's team even had a goal scored against it. So the two teams have been very dominant. Um, in the in the seniors, uh, Charlotte Skinner kicked three, which was great, and um, Cass Stevenson amongst the goals again. Um, Didn't she? Yeah, few, wasn't she planning on retiring? Didn't she say yeah, that last year on the Nodcast? She did. She announced her retirement, and since then she's come back and she's kicked goals and been amongst the best players both weeks. So don't know what was going on there, but clearly, clearly Something gone back on her work. I don't know if there's any. Nate, you've been pretty involved in the the women's program over the recent years. Any any light you can shed on that or just more generally how well they're tracking at the moment? Yeah, look, I, I think yeah, my involvement was year one, um, the premiership year. So premiership assistant coach to Deegs, take that every day of the week. So that, that was an, an amazing year. Um, I suppose what's really pleasing to see that there's a number of those girls have, have continued on. And I think that just builds on, you know, the, the standard um, of the program um, year on year. And, you know, Paul did an amazing job, was an amazing coach. Um, but with Stell, you know, coming in, I think it just takes it to the next level, which, um, you know, I think that's, you know, like like every like everyone, we want to grow and hearing a different voice and a different methodology. Um, you know, I think that will only continue to promote the girls' program um, going forward. Um, it's good to see, you know, the, the senior squad is looking really, um, looking really good. Um, I was, I was wrapped to have Maddie sort of say that she was coming back again. So uh, she came back, had first game, and I think she was in one of the best. So that was good. And obviously with Bridie as well. So I am biased, you know, when we watch, we watch those. So uh, yeah, that's all, all looking pretty good. And obviously, good. Jakey, and- you must be, you must be excited to have another coach to work with part of your development. You know, obviously a bit of a long-term plan to get you um, ready for the, the head coaching job in a couple of years. That's all part of it. Yeah, for sure. Succession um, strategy. Yeah, succession, big time. Bit of a hopefully it doesn't turn out like, you know, the Nathan Buckley, Mick Moldhouse saga, but um <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, are you comparing yourself to Nathan Buckley? Is that what you're saying? Oh uh, well, yeah, I don't know if I want to be Bucks. He didn't. He didn't win a premiership, so maybe not. Similar, similar talent <laughs> on field. So, yeah, you maybe maybe you're a bit more of a horse Longmire and uh, Paul Ruse dynamic. Maybe a bit more like that. Yeah, I think so. A bit more, bit more settled and cohesive. I think. Yeah. Or you could just be one of those assistant coaches we've never heard of because they never got the job afterwards. Just, just calling it out there, like whoever was who sat underneath Kevin Sheedy for thirty-five years. So just, just whatever it is, the girls are winning, which is the main thing. We're playing the role. Yeah, for sure. Um, another successful weekend. Um, sort of like the senior men's, though. We were very undermanned um, this week, or underwomaned, I should say. Um, a lot of outs due to COVID, isolation. Um, unfortunately, Richmond Central's put the game on 4.30 for the resis and 6.30 for the seniors. So on a Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. So, like, that's the that's the launch pad time slot. You don't want to be playing during that. Yeah, and a lot of the girls, especially in the in the ones, sort of pulled the pin, and some of them ended up playing twos, but a lot couldn't play. So we actually had twelve outs from our our senior team win last week. So the coaching uh, group, we were actually a little bit 
concerned about, you know, how we were going to go. We were sort of viewing the game as a bit of a free throw at the stumps. Um, but, you know, it turned out really well. Um, a lot of girls from the two stepped up in the ones. Um, and I think it's – I would say, actually, we sort of had a chat after the game, the squad, but it, it does show the strength of the squad overall that we were able to, you know, beat a full-strength Richmond team. Um, they said after the game – how they'd improved and, you know, we beat them by 10 goals last year, but only won by like 40 points this week. But I didn't have the heart to tell them that we were missing half of our team. So, <laughs> and, Just tell um, them on the Nodcast. I'm sure they're tuning in. Yeah. So, Jakey, just a, just a quick one. Obviously, um, audiences are probably familiar with, you know, the different, the, some of the challenges that coaches have to face and some of the injuries and reasons players pull out for matches, you know general soreness, hamstring, ankle, those sorts of things. COVID, can you give us a bit of an insight into some of the reasons 12 players didn't play? Is there any any in particular that would be interesting for our audience to know? Yeah, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but um, I think maybe maybe in the, the men's footy, you, you don't miss games because um, you've got a, a friend's birthday party. And things like that, you might go might go after. Is that that's is that a little low blow? Should yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm just interested to see what the dynamic is as a coach has to to navigate. Friendship's important. Yeah. I, I like it. Loyalty, it's good. Oh, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying that from a coach's perspective. We want the best team going out in the park every week, so you get a bit frustrated when that stuff happens. But it didn't really matter in the end. We uh, both teams got a big win, and. Um, yeah, even the resis, like they won, I think, nearly 100 points. So um, a lot. Of, we've actually got a few new girls that have come across uh, that weren't spoken about last week, like Kiara. Um, she never played football in our life, but she looks very dominant and could be up for a potential ones game soon. And um, is, Georgia is that, Anderson. Sorry, just that's Kiara Lasorto. Is that the one? Yeah, Kiara Lasorto. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, another two. What sort comes. of player? What sort of player is she? Sort of like your Pescuzzi type, real nippy, quick, um, bit of a goal sneak. So, yeah, it's very exciting career ahead for her. Um, and then Georgia Anderson's delved back into her junior teams and brought across Chloe Rundle as well, who's um, sort of a bit of a probably a Rob Man type, sort of tall, lanky, half back oh. flank, leader, uh, yeah. durable. I yeah, saw exactly. Yeah. I, I was like just a, looking like through, and crit. I should say the, I should say the scores too for the resis. So, um, thirteen, twelve, ninety, we beat Old Richmond three three twenty one. Just scrolling through the team sheet there, and I saw an M Noon Rob, and I thought maybe after our conversation last week, we'd prompted Molly back in, but no, not Molly, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, because we got Madison Noon instead. How'd she go, Jake? Yeah, um, really promising signs for her. Quite a, she's sort of like your key forward. Very tall, um, great pair of hands. I think she, I don't know if she's actually played footy either, but netballer. Um, and yeah, looks really good. Um, very raw, but I think by the end of this year, she's uh, going to be a very promising player for us in the future. Which so, uh, subsidiary of Noon Corp is she from? Which arm of the Noon Yeah, so family? she Madison's Andy Noon's daughter. Okay, so oh. he he obviously was a you know long time um, significant member of the club and and obviously granddaughter to 
Paul and Kath Noon, who uh, were there on the weekend supporting as they always do. So very excited to have a, another Noon join the ranks. And Maddie actually is a physiotherapy student to um, Reese Thomas, one of our um, obviously all-time greats in the last 10, 15 years. So he he's a senior lecturer at Vic Uni and um, she's in his in his uh, unit that he runs. So pretty, a lot of Mazinot connections there. That's oh, very, very nice to hear. J- just Jay, quickly, how, so obviously two weeks in, both sides are sitting undefeated, and which I'm allowed to say after two weeks, if anyone out there is wondering. How, how are we looking? How are we shaping up for the season? What's the feeling across both the women's teams? Well, uh, we were sort of feeling pretty confident. Um, I, I mentioned that last week. So I think both teams, we're hoping for your sort of top two finishes um, based on, you know, assessing of other teams. But at the very least, I'd, I'd be disappointed if both teams didn't make finals. Um, but, you know, I was looking through the scores from the weekend and um, both of the teams who've come up from Division Three and Division Four, Parkdale and... Um, I think Hawthorne, they gave a few established teams in the competition a bit of a flogging. So I think we might have a bit of a, you know, competition on our hands this year compared to what we initially maybe thought. Um, but looking looking through our team or two teams for the year in, in terms of a bit of a predictions, did you, do you want to do that now or? Yeah, why not? All right, sounds good. Um, so for our seniors, if, if we're looking at, Predicting the BNF, I'll go Tiani. Um, she's been putting in a lot of lot of work over the off season. Seen a fair few, you know, gym gym uh, Instagram stories, doing a few deadlifts and stuff. So she's come back pretty strong, and you can definitely tell on the footy field. Um, and if we're looking at sort of your most improved, we got Jess Scrignage coming up from the two. She she was probably nearly one of our better players on the weekend. Um, so it's good to see that development um, with the resis into the seniors. And then um, Peter Basson as well, key forward down there. So she's potential for most improved. Um, if you're looking at the the Coleman medal or the the Lara Del Conte medal, uh, we'll, we'll go we'll go Charlotte Skinner for this year. I, well, she's already ahead of the pack. I think already kicked a few. And with Lara out for a fair few games with her colonial commitments, I think uh, Charlotte should have that wrapped up. And especially since. Uh, we, we already spoke about Cass Stevenson. She do, she's done her duty the first two weeks and I think she's ducking off for about a month now, just coming back back in the back end of the season for finals. So that's what the experienced players do. Oh, um, and then with the resis, I'll go, I'll go Vetti or Chloe Rundle for the BNF potentially. Um, most improved. I know she hasn't played at the club, but we'll go, go Chiara Lacerdo. And then for goals, another key forward, um, Dakota. Uh, her and Peter were wrecking balls in the resis, but now Peter's gone up, so Dakota can just sort of, you know, take the mantle there in the resis, I reckon. Dakota Thompson, that is, her time to sign? Yeah, Dakota Thompson, yep. Very good. And um, and, and just quickly, um, is there any sort of healthy rivalry between the – we, we know that um, you've got to – very big personalities as coaches in the women's sort of a healthy rivalry there is the two teams both just try to be the last one undefeated. Yeah, I think uh, Georgia loves um, getting stuck into whoever's, you know, coaching, coaching the seniors. She'll, she'll definitely remind Stell throughout the year if her, if her resi stay undefeated, 
she'll be definitely in our ear about, you know, how good they're going and how good of a coach she is. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully both teams can keep the ball rolling after the Easter break. Well, very good, Jakey. Also great to hear um, your, your, as an assistant coach, your rundown on the, uh, the best and fairest winners. I'm sure you're plonking some money down on that. Yeah, hopefully the multi cleans up. So we'll see what happens. Very good. Um, inside information, I assume, given you're the one giving the votes as well. Yeah, we, we have a bit of a rotation policy. So hopefully, uh, you know, my predictions don't end up being true or else that might be a bit sus. <laughs> Very good. Um, and then just, just recapping back for the 19s as well, James, we might get your view. Um, give us your predicted best and fairest winner, most improved player and leading goal kicker coming into the year. Yeah, so for most improved, I've gone with D.Y. or Dylan Mastos. Now that um, yep. Jackson Cotter has pushed himself into the seniors and the resis, the forward line's opened up for a bit. So, you know, he can maybe push into that. So I've also gone with I've – I'll, I'll go with D.Y. I've gone for D.Y. as well for leading goal kicker of the year. So, you know, Ooh. he can now be the, the main full forward and, you know, him and Boyce switching in and out. So we've got a strong tools in the forward line. He's one goal, too, we get games in. He's got a bit of work to do. Mm. And then um, for best and fairest, I've gone with two names. I've started to be on the fence because I put L. Stu, Lockie Stewart, but I'm sure he'll get pushed up and hopefully some, you know, more senior sides will call on his name. So for backup, in case we don't get him back, I've gone for Hayden Boyce. Oh, very nice. Hey, Boyce, he's a, he's a big, big key forward type ruck, slash ruckman. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a um, his hands. yeah. He, he's a beast. Um, you know, incredible hands and really agile for, for a tall player. So um, um, I certainly see him, you know, kicking a few goals for us this year. We well, let's hope more. so. And, uh, and, and for more reports, two weeks in Lockie Stewart. Is a, a raging favourite, but also very, uh, very likely to maybe see some senior action at some stage later in the year. Um, boys, just before we wrap it up, we obviously need to finish with the last and most important uh, segment of the Nodcast, and that's the weekly whispers. Um, I know Jake, as always, is absolutely itching to share a couple, but before we go to Jake, James or Nathan, have you guys got anything for us that you wanna you wanna share? No, I don't have any whispers. <laughs> You're on Your too many boards and committees to think, Yeah, exactly. I know there's, too uh, much. NDAs and stuff that you signed before. That's it. You can't talk to. James, you got anything, any dirt on any of your 19s teammates that you can share? We don't get a lot of 19s representation on the Nodcast, so anything to peel back the curtain, we'll, we'll take gladly. Any dirt on any of the 19s players? I don't think I can. No, there's anything that I can say, probably the boys will kill me to say. So, season's too early on to end those, end those bridges. So, it's <laughs> time. All right. Well, we might hit you up a little later in the year once your bridges are prepared to be burnt. Um, Jake, what have you got for us? Yeah, well, I can actually, you know, help help Jimmer out here because uh, I've I've done some digging through the week, and this first one involves a nineteens player. So, um, apparently, after round one, one of the nineteens players 
was uh, washing his footy jumper during the week, getting ready for round two. And, you know, a bit of inexperience with washing clothes. And he's used toilet cleaner in the washing machine to wash his jumper. <laughs> so not washing detergent, toilet cleaner. So James, maybe you can maybe you can suss that during the week and figure out who that was. Actually, this this is another one from the the women's the women's game. Uh, oh, actually, sorry, from the women's yeah women's team. So, um, one of the players uh, I won't say her name obviously because it's the whispers, but she's got blonde hair, small um, in the leadership group. Um, apparently, you know, she she stayed after the game because she thought she was going to get BNF. Oh, sorry, best on ground. Sorry from from Richmond Centrals and, and cop the drinks the free drinks from him and uh, she didn't get the drinks and was absolutely filthy after the game. So uh, I'll let the girls figure out who that was. And then uh, lastly, one of our... That's, uh, the, train- that's the Gus Paddy. That's the Gus Paddy. That's the only time he sticks around when, he's, when he thinks he's he's going to get the six-pack. So that's interesting. That's, it, that sort of behaviour is translated across to the women's program too. Yeah, I think Gus has been in a few few uh, the women's players' ears about that. So um, you know, passing on some good traits, old Gus. Um, yeah, but and then also there's a bit of footage, footage flying around about one of our uh, trainers of the of the club. I'm sure a few people might have seen it, but um, went out for the first time in the game to check on a player and got absolutely sniped from behind and cramped up in the calf so um the trainer couldn't even make it out to the player which is pretty funny to see did the trainer get a bit of deep tissue work on the sidelines in preparation to run out again yeah they did the other opposition trainer had to come over and stretch him out <laughs> and then give him a calf rub so it was quite entertaining for everyone that's amazing <laughs> what a great stuff i've, well, got, look, I've um, got a whisper I've got a whisper as well, uh, Steve. So there's there's always this moment in a in your life at the club where you discover that during a, a bit of a lock-in post-celebration that where the microphone is and, you know, young people like to gravitate towards the microphone and experiment what it's like to work with the PA system. One family in particular at about 8, 9 o'clock on Saturday night just thought it was the most fun thing ever to sing obnoxiously loud the, the song that was on at the time. I don't really want to name them, but there's three brothers. One of them plays in the seniors, one of them plays in the reserves, and one of them was a former player who's now umpiring for the reserves and loved the microphone like I've never seen before at the club. So that was, uh, yeah, interesting on Saturday night to witness that all play out. Very good. Which of the three was the best singer? Can you reveal uh, that? I, I, no, did, n- n- I don't think any really registered as singing. I can't talk personally, as you know, <laughs> but uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't classify it as singing. It was talking loudly out of tune. We do, we do love a bit of obnoxious behaviour after a win. Um, well, look, Absolutely. thanks for that, boys. Nathan, James, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the Nodcast. Um, good luck us. to the 19s for the the next few games once we bounce back after Easter and hope you all enjoy the break. Um, thanks, Jake and Rob, as always. And hopefully for all the players out there, you uh, get a good couple of days or a weekend away with the family and get a bit of time over Easter and look forward to 
getting everyone back down to the club next week. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Have a good one, everyone. Happy Easter, boys.